Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. I'm your host and friend, Reverend Sharma McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created to just focus on the tenet that Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus, meditation, and prayer. All faiths are welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of the Ryrie Study Bible. And, of course, you may use any Bible you wish. I have had many spiritual experiences and ingratitude. Uh, we will have ongoing Bible readings and discussion about our spiritual experiences. 
I'm just focused on being my real self and carrying the message given to me. So now let's say our opening prayer together as we bow our heads. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. And we also know that some of them have become, uh, have been killed. And because of this sacrifice, and they were taken for disordered and evil reasons, we believe because of their great sacrifice to those and their family, they become martyrs, and they're now in heaven with Jesus. We pray for all those suffering from violence here and at home and abroad. We pray for all those who are sick in mind and body and for those who are lonely and uncomforted. God, forgive us our sins. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own home. We pray for freedom from addiction of all kinds. And please, God, send your Archangel Michael to fight against evil and protect them, those that depend on your Heavenly Father's love and hope and wishes and prayers and healing to everyone and all your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers go out to all those who suffer in the world, including the animals that can't speak for themselves. We also pray for the wisdom of our president and the rest of our policymakers. They have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all countries for problems of suffering all over the world. We also thank you, God, for everything you have given us, and we ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care. And we also want to thank you, God, for all those of us who are in recovery. And I want to thank you, God, for my sobriety of 35 years as of today. Thank you, God, so much. It's changed my life, and it's changed my family after me's life. I want to thank God for everything. Amen. Also, we want to bless everybody in your family and uh, if you ever have a need to call me um, or you want to discuss anything, uh, you feel free to uh, let me know. You can uh, call me on Facebook, and uh, I'll leave me a message there, and I'll call you back and give me your number. And I'll remain uh, anonymous and confidential. Okay, so we're going to have a Bible study this morning, and you can go to www.biblegateway.com or www.biblia.com if you don't have a Bible with you. I just want to let you know the opening music, that beautiful music, was by Save Vocal Group from the CD Navid Angels by Save. And if you want to order a, a copy, con- contact them at savae.org. I found my CD on Amazon. That's where you can find it. You can also listen to them for free on YouTube. And I want to wish everybody, including myself, a blessed and happy birthday today. And I wish you all a very happy year ahead. And uh, if you would like to wish anyone a happy birthday or a special announcement, just let me know. We have a lot of birthdays this morning. I want to wish uh, Lee Richard McCormick a very happy birthday. Uh, Leah Alyssa uh, Rich Rito, who is uh, my best friend's niece, I wish you a happy birthday, Leah. And uh, we want to wish Heather Enyard, Kelly Lady Red Boyd, Giovanna Giot, Baharalia, Roberta Smith, David Mayes, and Mahari Grisham Best. We wish you all a very happy, blessed birthday. Anybody else that has a birthday this morning, we wish you all the best, prosperous year ahead, and hang in there, everybody. <laughs> 
Well, you understand there was a lot of people passing away, you know, so far uh, this first week in January. It's unbelievable. We want to give our condolences to everybody who lost a loved one. And uh, our prayers are also those who are sick and in the hospital and uh, are just in recovery and every other thing. So we also pray for Cody, uh, my friend Tiffany's uh, son. He's just going into rehab, and I want to pray for him that he remains sober and that uh, he learns what he needs to do to recover from this horrible illness of addiction. And uh, if you have a special prayer request, please let me know, 619-924-9744. So we're going to go on to read. I have the uh, uh, summary of today's reading. We're in Ephesians chapter 5. And... uh, This summary is from schmoop.com by Harvard students who uh, have studied the Bible, and they give their version of uh, the the chapter we're reading today. And sometimes it's funny, but anyway, I like it. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 5. This is one's about more things to avoid, really. Just be a good person. Sex out of sight of marriage, bad. Gossip, bad. Greed, bad. Anyone who does this bad stuff is definitely not going to be part of the kingdom of God. Sorry, sinners. Christians shouldn't believe the lies people who aren't Paul will try to feed them too. It isn't. It wasn't so long ago that Gentile Christians were hanging around in darkness without a clue about God. And then now Jesus has turned down the light, and they need to act like it. They can see everything now, and they know which things are good and true. There's some strong wattage on that bulb. Anyway, don't fall asleep. Well, don't fall asleep metaphorically. And don't be stupid and think before you do something God wouldn't like. Don't get drunk either. Chugging all wine all day, try gulping down some Holy Spirit. It's so refreshing. And don't forget to sing. God's pretty into the whole praising him through song thing. And then it goes on to rules of marriage. Everyone should serve everyone else. That's the way Jesus likes it. His he's his way and he is way in favor of helping others. Ladies, listen to your husbands, obey them. Jesus is the head of the church and your husband is the head of your household. R E S P C T okay. Anyway, but husbands, you also gotta love your wives. Equality? Well, it totally makes sense because Jesus loves his church. He also died to save his church. So good luck living up to that standard, misters. Jesus was the one who made his church holy. It's kind of like a bride who takes a shower on her wedding day. Jesus is the one who pours down the water to keep her clean and make sure she doesn't uh, <laughs> says it doesn't smell of standing up at the altar. That's not right. Anyway, these smooth, see smooth kids. That's the same kind of love husbands should have to show their husbands. A man should love his lady like he loves himself. He should care for her like he cares for his own body. Hopefully, his grooming habits are good. Anyway, that's why Paul says a man leaves his family and makes a life with his wife. Those two become joined together as one person. And that's why men should love their ladies and gals should respect their men. Hey, no one said this is a feminist manifesto. Anyway, so let's go on to read Ephesians chapter 5. And for me, I get out my Ryrie Study Bible. And remember, you know, I got that Bible as a gift straight from God. Because I found it actually by the trash can. Somebody had thrown it away and it turned into be something that was a wonderful gift to me. So let's read Ephesians chapter 5. In relation to evil. 
chapter 5. Therefore, be imitators of God as his beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ, who also loved you and gave himself up for us, and offering a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immortality or any immorality, excuse me, but immorality or greed must not even be named among you as it is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness, silly talk, or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather give a, just give thanks. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is also an idolater has inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly dark. Okay, sorry again. Sorry about that. For you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Now we're on chapter nine. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn what is please, try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are exposed by light. For everything that becomes visible is light. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. We're now on 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are because the days are evil. But then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so now, in relation to the Holy Spirit, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Now it's in relation to the home life. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, and as Christ is also the head of the church, he himself being the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, also the wives ought as we turn the page, to be their husbands and husbands and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her and having cleansed her by the washing of the word that he might present glory but that she would always be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who also loves his own wife is never hated his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. But this mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you is also to love his own wife, even as himself. And the wife must also see to it that she respects her husband. So that will bring her 
chapter 6. Let me see. And that'll be the end of Ephesians. So let's read the, the notes here at the bottom that uh, Mr. Ryrie left for us. So Ephesians chapter 5, 2. It's this fragrant aroma. This soothing aroma of offerings prefigured the voluntary character of Christ's sacrifice. So so 5-4 means silly talk or coarse jesting, unclean speech often veiled in innuendo or double meaning. A greedy person is an idolater because if he puts things before Christ. And then believers expose the sins of the other believers to the church discipline. And perhaps a portion of early Christian hymn exhorting the sinning believer to awake and rise. Be filled with the Spirit. Paul has taught this epistle that all believers are sealed with the Spirit when they believe, but not all are filled since that depends on the yieldness to God's will. Feeling describes an experience that can be repeated, and here in Acts, it is connected with joy, courage, spirituality, the Christian character. Though contrasted with drunkenness, the filling of the Spirit compares the idea of control either of the vine or over a person or the spirit over the believer. To one another, making music as one in's heart is mentioned in the end of this, this verse. Anyway, be subject. The key thought here is understanding Paul's view of proper personal relationships uh, in a Christian household. The subjection is to be mutual and based on reverence for God. The differing responsibilities, if followed, bring harmony, but if ignored, bring um, more difficulties. <clears throat> now we're at, excuse me, now we're uh verse uh, 22. Wives are to submit to the leadership of their husbands in the home. They are to respect that their husbands, and they are to love their husbands and live with them until death. Husbands are to love their wives and lead them, nurture them in the things of Christ, and live with them faithfully for life. So it goes both ways. The ultimate purpose of Christ's death is to present us himself blameless. The relationship between believing husbands and wives illustrates that which exists between Christ, the bridegroom, and the church, his bride. So that's very beautiful. And uh, it admonishes all of us that we are to remain sober and um, practice the things of God and uh Try to stay without sin, and I know it's kind of impossible, but that's why we pray every day. So let's now look at the guidepost and pick out a story. And let's see. Okay, let's see. Um, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Okay, doing our backyard. And this is uh, at, on the Guidepost book, and it's uh, by Denise Bombrock, Mayheim, Pennsylvania. I was working in a beauty shop that I operated out of our home when my husband, Dan, came in in a troubled expression on his face. Look what I found in the girl's treehouse, he said. He held out some jeans and a T-shirt, and it looks like someone's living in our backyard. There's those kids, I said aghast. Dan, you, you're on the borough council. We've got to do something. Lately, there have been several acts of vandalism, a shock for our small town, and teenage boys from out of the area had been roaming in the streets. It was the fall of 91, and the crime had become frighteningly real for the nearby city of Lancaster. Our town was determined to keep the problem from spreading to Mannheim. 
I'll report this to the police, Den said. And a few days later, I looked out from the window and saw a group of teenage boys sauntering out from between our house and the neighbors heading up the street. I ran out the door and putting two fingers in my mouth, I gave a piercing whistle. The boys turned around and wearing t-shirts. No gang colors I could see. Hi, I said, what are you guys doing in our backyard? Cut through one said, why aren't you in school? You don't need that garbage, said another. But then a tall young man stepped forward, unlike the others who looked right at me. I like to be in school, he said, but not in the neighborhood I'm from. And he had a Hispanic accent and was slender, clean-shaven with cinnamon brown eyes. As they headed down the street, I turned back to the beach. At least they didn't seem like gang members of Hart and Crimson. And there was something compelling about that kid who wished he was in school. Somehow I wasn't surprised a day or so later when he reappeared as I was raking leaves in our backyard. I didn't mean to cause any trouble. Do you want them back? I asked. He nodded. I went inside, leaving Angel working industriously. After gathering his clothes, I walked. Angel sat at the kitchen table, wolfed down the sandwiches as if he could have eaten another half dozen more. Over the following days, Angel continued to stop by to chat. Sometimes he talked about his dream of becoming a Navy pilot. He started coming around in the evening while Jen and I were in, and our teenage daughters, Haley and Amanda, were watching TV. Whenever I put out snacks, he ate ravenously. As cheerfully as he said goodnight, we knew he was, we were sending him out to where? Nowhere. One night, Den said, Angel, if you have nowhere else to go, you can sleep out in my workshop. Thanks, Angel said, smiling. He turned it at the door a bit nervously. Mr. and Mrs. Brombach, he said, I would really like to finish high school. I was wondering if you could help me get in. As we prepare for bed, Den and I turned to each other with the same questions. What were you going to do about Angel? He seemed like a nice kid, but did we want to get involved? Before this goes any further, Den said, I'll have to... The police run a background check on him and be sure he is who he says he is. In the meantime, Angel informed us that he, we, what he had found out. To enroll at our high school, we needed a permanent local address as well as a parent or legal guardian who was a district resident. That night when Dan got home, he summoned Haley and Amanda and me to the kitchen table. I called the Manheim police, he said. Officer David Carpenter called Lancaster and spoke with Sergeant Wilson. It seems the kid's been on his own since he was eight years old. He's 17 now, but what impressed Sergeant Wilson was that for a kid who had to raise himself, Angel's never been in trouble. All he wants to do is go to school, Haley whispered. I was impressed by Angel as well. Sometimes you have, I don't have for Angel to move in, but I want to become his legal guardian. The rest of part of the to block his admission. In the meantime, Angel got a job at the local McDonald's. The weather turned frosty, and Ben's workshop where Angel slept was unheated. 
I called it another family meeting. As fond as we become an angel, that's a big step. Hello, I'm so sorry about that. Um, somehow it wasn't my fault for once. Uh, Blog Talk Radio had uh, dis- disconnected me uh, inadvertently. And uh, I do want to go on with the story. It was called Angel in My Backyard. And let me, I closed my book when I was trying to um, fix the problem. So just hold on. Please have patience and as I'm looking through for the end of the story, this is terrible. Um, hold on, please. Okay, here we go. Angel in our backyard. Anyway, you've been through some really rough times in your life, and how have you managed? And then we went on to... Um, uh, okay, let me read this last part. It's on. It was a wonderful victory, but it had taken a real toll. Dan and I saw our social life starting to slip away, except for a few close friends. Business had fallen off at my beauty shop. People who normally offered a friendly hello while passing now ignored us. Sometimes Dan and I snapped at each other in misplaced frustration. I began losing sleep. The many nights I paced, try- crying and praying, was it all worth it? Should I just ask Angel to go? One night, depressed and confused, I sank to the kitchen floor in the darkness, and my tears poured forth. What's the answer, Lord, I asked. I would, would it make it easier on the rest of the family to just ask Angel to leave? But he's your child, and he's trying so hard. What should I do? As for the cry for help from my lips, the far side of the kitchen began to glow with a hazy yet bright light. Blinded by increasing brilliance, I sensed there was a loving, warm presence in the kitchen with me. Somehow, excuse me, so somehow I sensed there was a warm, warm, loving presence in that kitchen with me. Somehow I knew it was an angel. 
It delivered a message silently but clearly, Jenny, let him stay. It will be all right. More amazing than the unearthly glow was now in the twinkling of an eye, I was enveloped in a blanket of peace. No matter what hardships still lay ahead, I knew God would be faithful to, to us if we were faithful to him. When I looked up again, the kitchen was dark and I was sitting alone by the radiator. That was three years ago. The people at the school got to know Angel. Teachers found an uh, eager pupil. Coaches, excuse me, coaches found a first-class athlete. The other kids found a loyal friend. And my anxiety and frustration were replaced by love and understanding for those who had reacted negatively towards a kid who was different. When I was ready to forgive and reach out once again to those who had dropped us, many more than ready to renew our friendship. People who had been wary of angels started to help him, providing him with money for glasses, clothes, and shoes. He was even being offered a part-time job at a local lumberyard. Angel worked so hard to catch up in school, he has gotten mostly A's and B's. He played on the school teams until he was 18 and now helps manage them. When he discovered his poor vision kept him from becoming a Navy pilot, he set his sights on college, and he talks of someday studying marine biology. The Bible says some have entertained angels without knowing it. We are lucky. We do know it. And I thank God for the day our angel left his clothes in a treehouse and for the angel in the kitchen that told me let him stay. What a beautiful story. I totally enjoyed that. And why don't we close this meeting this morning out with our traditional prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the thing I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. In closing, may God bless and keep you loving arms that you may have the strength to face whatever's ahead. Remember, you're never alone. I love you. God loves you. May your best dream come true and true love live in your heart. Please message me if any concerns or requests for prayers or you need to discuss something. Bye, my friends. Happy trail to you. Oh,